I'm Michael Brennis, and this is the Showbiz Roundup. Pianist Paul Hecht, who divides his time between Chicago and Eau Claire, joins me to talk about an exciting new chapter in his musical life, his delight in exploring some new music with accomplished Chicago-based collaborators, and some personal insights into the Eau Claire jazz scene. Well, Paul Hecht, welcome to the Showbiz Roundup. Thanks so much for making the time to be here today. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Yeah. Let's talk about the quartet you're bringing to Garver Patio. Uh, is this a new group for you? Um, you've listed a couple of standards you'll be playing. What's the vibe of the group going to be? Yeah, uh, it, it is a new group, um, although I've played with each of the members individually. Um, and I know that some of them have played with each other before. So it's you know one of these kinds of, of uh, thing very, things that are very frequent in the jazz world where um, we have a new configuration, but a lot of elements are already um you know in play and I'm, I'm really excited about putting these these folks together um i guess uh i've i've gotten to know emma day day huff excuse me uh uh from uh from knowing that she was a bit on the madison scene because she's doing a degree uh there and i've had her up to eau claire where i'm i'm so i'm sort of based in both eau claire uh wisconsin and uh and chicago and so I've had Emma up to Eau Claire uh, to play with a group up here. Um, and uh, I've played with uh, Neil Hemphill uh, down in, in Chicago. Although Neil actually also has connections to, to Wisconsin, uh, I mean, to, uh, to Eau Claire. Um, well, I'm probably getting into too much detail in terms of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the network of connections, but it's, it's thick. Um, I guess the, the most, you know, these are these are people. Neil and, and Emma are are in the mix in the in the midwestern sort of corridor here, and they're and they're known uh, for their their amazing playing. Um, but uh, uh, Mark Feldman is is kind of the new the new presence and the one that maybe takes a little bit more explaining. Um, in that he, uh, although it doesn't take all that much, in that he he moved to the area about a year ago, and um, and I got to know him through. Um, this show that I put on involving the music of John Abercrombie. Um, and I had no connection to John Abercrombie. And I found that this is, this, there's a series in Chicago uh, based at uh, the Fulton street collective, um, which uh, um, is uh, a venue for um, presenting historical jazz recordings or uh, which can be very well known or obscure. Um, and they're given a live performance and there's always a, a, a live artist also doing something along with these. It's a great um, uh, institution. It's been going for a few years there. Um, and I came across uh, an Abercrombie record from the late 70s um, called Abercrombie Quartet. Um, and I became so interested in it that I transcribed all of the tunes and then put together a band to perform it in that, in that group. And when I, when I posted this on Facebook, Mark uh, Feldman reached out to me and said, hey, I was in a, an Abercrombie quartet, not that one, but a different one. And uh, so that's how we, we started to get to know him. And we, we brought him in and had him play with the, the group. And then he was a special guest for that show. Um, and then I've gotten to know him a bit more since then. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a, it's, it's hard for me not to just go on and on talking about him. I know mm -hmm. you probably don't want me to do that, but the guy's had an awfully interesting career. I mean, I, I guess, um, you know, so he's been 
in the New York scene and the international scene for a number of years and has been on tons of recordings, all kinds of people. And before that, he was he had a, a Nashville phase. So he played with a lot of country folks for a while and toured with them. Um, but I guess I'll just zoom in on the fact that um, uh, I think one of the reasons that we um, have hit it off, um, apart from the the Abercrombie connection, is that I also play violin, and so I have I have that as sort of part of my background. Um, and um, and he's got a lot of interesting classical music as well, and I also have a, a interesting classical music. Um, and so I, I I think we've just found a variety of of ways to to connect and. Um, and I, you know, I find it absolutely fascinating to listen to the the, the way he deploys his his interests and his in his wide background as as an improviser. Um, it's really uh, something special. And I know that he's been to Madison a couple of times mm-hmm. before, uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> so I mean, the show that we're putting together is going to to really cover a lot of territory, um, which will include uh, some of this this common ground we have. Um, Mark and I have that is uh, we're going to play um, a song that he loves by John Abercrombie um, called Spring Song. We're going to play uh, something from the same kind of milieu, um, a Kenny Wheeler a tune called Kind Folk. Um, and I, I've subsequently learned that Mark's also you know played that with Kenny Wheeler, um, and uh, and then and then some some things which I think that we feel have a. Um, uh, are part of a sort of genealogy that that uh, attaches to that music uh, from uh, from the 60s um, in in some compositions by Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock, and then you know farther back into the American Songbook um, with uh, with things like um, I Concentrate on You and um, Jitterbug Waltz, which is something which I've he I've, he just introduced me to that tune really a few days ago. Wow, really? <laughs> I'm yeah, kind of obsessed with it. Uh, <laughs> like this last week anyway um yeah so and i you know i i'm i just i've played enough with emma and with neil to know that uh that they are going to uh i mean i just i can't wait for for them to be integrated into this dynamic because i know that they they are their interests range just as widely and um and so i think it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to play these very different kinds of compositions and then and then and feel the connections uh, between them, uh, you know, which I expect these musicians to be able to, to bring out uh, in brilliant ways, but ways which I can't probably, you know, I can't predict to you at all, you know, and that's going to be part of the, of the excitement. Yeah, it's a great group of players. Um, I've gotten to play with Emma a couple of times because she's part-time in Madison. And uh, I saw Neil for the first time a couple of weeks ago. He was here with Darren Johnston, I think subbing for Dana Hall, and uh, I was super impressed by his playing, and uh, really look forward to seeing him some more. So thanks for bringing them to Madison again. My pleasure. And of course, Mark. I mean, I've seen him in a couple contexts here as well, and uh, you know, it's a very deep well there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've so I actually I, I saw him play with uh, Russ Johnson Group. Um, at the uh you'll have to remind me the name of the venue must have been at north street cabaret exactly that's the one yeah i was there too and i we must not have met yet at that point so, oh, so it was a packed room so it's hard to meet everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah yeah i know i mean that was that was some great music to hear and that was a great ensemble and i've also you know mark has been playing some solo improvised music quite a bit lately um and he did a record he did a show and it's called the 
option, I believe, which is out on YouTube. Um, uh, so, uh, for, I believe that Tim Daisy, the drummer, right, it's Tim Daisy, right, oversees that, and there was an interview as well. So that that shows another side of of Mark's playing, which is you know very active and and happening. Let's let's switch gears just for a second here and and talk about um, some other aspects of your professional life. You had a fifteen year career as an English professor, right? And I understand you're retired, which you seem way too young to be retired, so that doesn't quite compute. <laughs> um, I know you have degrees in English lit and poetry. You're a published author. Uh, you continue to write and have a book coming out very soon. Fill us in on the context of your academic career. Sure. Um, so yes, I mean, uh, I feel very lucky to to have had this opportunity to launch a, a professional career as a musician um, when it's... Uh, I've, I've done this other thing. I mean, I've, music has been a constant in my life in in, in various ways, um, but it's only in the last few years that um, uh, it looked like this opportunity might uh, might come up. And it's basically that. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I um, I played a lot of music in college, uh, a lot of improvised music in particular, but I didn't really see a way forward at the time. I was also in love with literature um, and poetry in particular. And so uh, that seemed like the more feasible path, although in retrospect, it was not really all that simple either. But uh, um, I managed to uh, have an academic career and get a job as a professor in Northwest Indiana. Uh, it's also where I met my wife, who is in the same English department with me. And um, in the last, so I, I was, I mean, one of the things that was kind of a a way of expressing my my broader artistic interests was that I put on plays. Um, so they were I was I was a Shakespeare uh, focused professor, um, and I put on student productions of mostly Shakespeare plays, but also other authors from that period. Um, and that was a a way to get to know the arts community in Northwest Indiana and also Chicagoland. And I ended up bringing in musicians and dancers and people who do fight choreography and things like that into those shows. Um, and that's how I started to, to get to know people on the Chicago jazz scene. Um, uh, in particular, I got to know Rob Clearfield, uh, who's also played um, uh, in, in Madison recently, uh, I think, with uh, Quinn Kirshner. Um, and uh, Rob had been doing, I had him doing music for these plays. And at a certain point, I asked whether he would also maybe give me a lesson or two. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, that was the beginning of this um, kind of return to jazz and improvised music. I, I'd really been more involved in classical classical violin playing um, in the, the prior 10 years. Um, and this was, I mean, but this was about seven years ago now. So it's it, that was it's been a long track from uh, from starting those lessons with Rob to uh, becoming more deeply involved in the Chicago scene to going to jam sessions. Um, and then at a certain point, um, my wife got a different job offer up here in Eau Claire, uh, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. And that was the that was the thing that we needed to say, you know what, I think I'm ready to to try this full time. Um, and I think it's it's feasible for us. Um, and uh, yes, my university was kind enough to give me an, an emeritus title, uh, though I have not yet hit fifty. Um, and uh, you know, uh, thus I'm I'm now um, uh, embarked into this. Um, so that's I guess that's the general thing. I mean, but this also was 
overlapping with the the finishing of the of the this really big project, my uh, my first um, solo book. I, I did edit a book a few years ago, but it's a book about the history of um, English poetry. Basically, it's uh, focused on the last twenty years of the sixteenth uh, century, and um, yeah, that that had like a a ten year gestation. Um, and is finally going to come out um, this fall. Um, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the the timelines of things in academia are so are so long. Uh, you know, this this book was accepted, you know, two years ago by by Oxford University Press, and uh, but you know, it's still a few months before it comes out because that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Anyway, that probably raised more questions than it answered, uh, <laughs> but hopefully it answered a couple of good questions. Oh yeah, I noticed you went to Amherst College. Um, I have a personal connection there. What was your experience there like? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The Amherst scene was really important for me. I mean, I, I, I did basically nothing but jazz uh, musically in, in college. And I studied with Andy Jaffe, who was at Amherst at the time. But I also studied with Yusuf Latif, who was at Hampshire College. That was a huge, made a huge impression on me. And it's still an experience that I, that I um, draw from a lot. Um, I also had a, I had a contemporary there who was a year ahead of me, Stefan Crump, um, who's gone on to have a great career as a bassist. Um, mostly, you know, he lives in Brooklyn, but I believe he was in Madison not very long ago either. Uh, and I keep in touch with him even even more so now that I've made this late move <laughs> in the direction of, of jazz music. So yeah, it was that was a rich place, the uh, the valley. Uh, Right. That's, that's what we still refer to it as. It's been a while since I've been back. I think so. But yeah. You know, between the various universities um, and also because it was between New York and Boston, there were people coming through. Um, it's a good place to, to be exposed to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if you're originally from that part of the, the Northeast U.S. I am. I'm from Rhode Island originally. Yeah. Okay. I, I know you spent some significant amount of time at Cornell as well. Right. Grad school. Uh, but then you relocated to Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Actually not West Lafayette. It was uh, it was a regional campus called Purdue uh, Northwest. It's now called Purdue Northwest. At the time it was called North Central. Um, so it actually has two campuses. One is about an hour away from Chicago and the other is about half an hour. Okay. One's in Hammond, one's um, uh, just south of Michigan City in Westville. So um, I know I know more about West Lafayette than I do about the other campus, but sure. did do you experience some measure of culture shock moving from the Northeast U.S. to this part of Indiana where you were located? You know, uh, it's a fascinating part of the country, and um, you know, I, and I guess from the beginning I was experiencing it as Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago and Northwest Indiana all at the same time. Um, so the, these things are really, they're really sort of one for me. And then of course I spent 15 years uh, teaching students from, from these communities, um, including from some really small communities um, in Northwest Indiana. Um, and some of the time I was trying to, you know, get them to spend more time in Chicago and be exposed to the amazing stuff that I was finding there. Um, but, you know, I also found there was an incredibly vibrant um, theater scene, community theater scene uh, going on in Northwest Indiana, which allowed me to, to start up this, this, uh, this directing uh, thing, which, which became so important to me. Um, I mean, I never had 
I had a lot of great experiences um, teaching students, but none better than within the context of putting on a show and 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 seeing seeing how students got um, so deeply engaged in things when they when they knew they were going to present it um, to uh, to the community. So I don't know. I mean, I think I had I. I mean, I'm sure I had culture shock in some of the ways that you're probably thinking of, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm, since we're talking about jazz and improvised music, I, it was, you know, getting exposed to the culture of the Chicago scene, I was completely unprepared for in a, you know, and, and it was, it was so positive and, um, you know, it, and just so unknown to me uh, beforehand. And I'm not sure how you could get to know it other than by going to the, all, all kinds of, you know, random little venues where people play music um, and starting to get to, to feel the, the interconnections between things and, and, and um, get a sense of, of where, where people's imaginations and their longings were taking them um, and, and, to, and to be excited by that. I mean, I guess, you know, when I'd been in college, I, I knew of jazz sort of from this distance. Like, you know, I got to know, I got to know some to work with, to, to be taught by some great musicians who, who, who were amazing, um, um, you know, who had, who had this music flowing through them in a way that was uh, remarkable and amazing. But, but what, I, what I didn't have a connection to was the community from which that had come. Mm -hmm. um, it felt sort of transplanted and it felt like the place where that stuff was being born was out of reach to me. I mean, it was like, maybe it was in New York and you had to go to New York and like figure that out or whatever. And that seemed very intimidating. And in Chicago, I found just a very different and um, at least to me, um, more welcoming, more um, uh, just, I want humble is probably not the right word, but uh, there's just this sort of ongoing sense that um, people are 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 searching for um, for beauty, for new things to say, for uh, ways to you know find conduits for the energies that they're feeling, um, and you know they're just they're 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 doing that together, and they're doing that, and they're helping each other as much as they can, and they're um, you know uh, trying to do that, and also and also you know, live and, and not starve. And in the, you know, the pandemic, of course, put great stress on all these things. Um, but it was, you know, it's the gradual uh, understanding of that. Understanding isn't really the right word. It's just the sort of this developing sense of um, that there's this ongoing thing, uh, which they we refer to as the scene, <laughs> which was just transformational to me. And it just completely, it just changed the way I saw this music and, and where it could lead, um, and you know, and, and over a period of years, I, I that this made me think, well, I could be a part of this. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how much I can contribute to it, but I can, I can do something. Um, and uh, yeah, so that probably isn't where you wanted that question to go, but anyway, it's it felt it felt like it's important to say, and it is very much the culture of the of the area, you know, um, that I've come to understand. Were you feeling along the way a uh, sort of tension between what you were doing professionally and what you wanted to do, uh, which was to play music with this caliber of musician? Was this uh, an internal battle? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a, if it's a, um, a battle. I mean, I guess 
ever since I started this trajectory in Chicago, it's all it's all felt pretty good. I mean, uh, I think I guess there was a period before that, maybe when I first arrived in Indiana, and I'd actually spent a few years in North Carolina playing both classical and and jazz. And there was one year when where they were both kind of really cooking and same level playing like string quartets and. That was fantastic, and I was playing a lot. I mean, there were a lot of wonderful uh, jazz musicians down there as well. When I first came to Indiana, I, I did feel like cut off from any sort of outlet that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, how can I say this in a way that's not disrespectful? I mean, I think there's there's something. I, I, um, I don't know. I guess I've I've been a little bit influenced. Uh, you know, Matt Ullery told me about. Um, some of um, this pianist Kenny Werner's uh, ideas. He's got a book uh, uh, about um, uh, effortless mastery, I think it's called. And um, uh, and so there's there's something fantastic about um, this sort of leveling quality of music that that people can participate in it as amateurs, as professionals, in ways that can be profound. And I guess I've been feeling that for a long time. Um, I mean, there was a certain point where I realized that I was on this path, that um, I was going to be trying to make this transition. And it was just really a matter of, of trying to make all of the pieces of that work. And, and I think once, once I started in that direction, it just, it's just been completely fulfilling. Um, uh, and, but I mean, yeah. And I, I, I think a, a great part of it is that I, I do have this sort of professional I mean, I've had I've had a career and I've had a successful professional life, and so I don't have I don't have the pressures that um, that I had when I was you know 21 or 22 or something like this and trying to trying to see. And also, I had older parents I, um, who were really my parents were 60 and 40 when I was born. So this this seems an important important fact, and they, they both passed away now. Um, I uh, when I was a young man. I really felt like I needed to be on a solid professional path. And they, you know, they didn't pressure me a lot about that, but they pressured me some because they weren't sure how long they were going to be around. And music seemed um, too, um, you know, too uncertain uh, for them. So I'm now in a very different place in my life. Um, and, um, and so I can kind of come at this from a completely different angle. I'm also, I've also had these experiences of, of the community or of, these these overlapping communities it's that's a, a very different one um and so i i can feel a lot more confident but i still don't think i'm really talking where i mean you're i think you're trying to direct me toward the the question of of a sort of improvisational voice or just one's voice as a musician in general uh, it, it maybe voice is the wrong word but you know the the, the reservoir from which uh artistic expression comes um and that that reservoir has been filling <laughs> for for the last twenty years, and in, in really very different ways. I mean, it's through a lot of classical music. Um, I, I haven't mentioned. I, I also had some really rich experiences with the contemporary classical scene in Chicago, um, uh, particularly some some members of the International Contemporary Ensemble. And you know, there's some overlap between those worlds. Um, and uh, uh, so I think that 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 reservoir or that uh, that um, uh, sort of accumulated 
group of experiences or desires or just the sense that this is in fact endless. There, you know, I'm not going to run out of things to explore in you know in the life that I have left me. Um, and uh, you know that that's that's something that really took years to solidify for me. Um, yeah, but it's it's just a positive thing. And it, you know, yes, okay, it creates tension as in like, yeah, I want to keep playing, but um, but had it, yeah, that uh, and and I'm you know thrilled to be able to make this transition, as I already said. I've also been talking to some young people here in Eau Claire. Um, I, I've gotten to know the director of the jazz program here. We've got a wonderful, lively program. It's directed by um, this man named Bob Baca. And he he's gotten to know me a little bit and has put me in contact with some of his. It's interesting. I'm now he has me talking to some of the students as um, you know, someone who is just out professionally on scene and you know, to talking to people who are thinking of doing that in like a year or something like that, or in like some group of months to talk about my experiences. So there's this weird, you know, the, the 20 years of my life were really more closer to 30 between me and them. It just sort of disappears as I'm talking to them about these things. It disappears in some ways and not in others. Um, and uh, yeah, those have been some fascinating conversations uh, with them as well. So anyway, this is all this is all very new, and I'm thinking through a lot of these things. So I'm you know I'm happy to have the opportunity to think through it on the air with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know students are very hungry for that kind of. Uh knowledge and interaction. So that's, that's a good sure. thing to do. Let, let's talk about Eau Claire. We've um, been talking around Eau Claire, but like, um, you've been there, I don't know, maybe a year. That's right. Okay. A little bit over. Yeah. Um, I have an associate who's very, a very knowledgeable urbanist and something of a philosopher on these kinds of things. And he sees Eau Claire becoming more of a regional attraction um, something like Wisconsin's version of the Riviera or something, which honestly to me seems like a bit of a stretch. There are rivers, there are two rivers. So that's, I, you I know. know, I know the waterfront is uh, almost infinite, but yeah. what's going on up there in Eau Claire? Do you like it? You know, are you finding your place there a little bit? Yeah. I mean, um, I love it here and it's been, um, remarkably welcoming to me, uh, so uh, and and surprisingly so. I mean, I, I mean, I, it is. Uh, it's got a beautiful landscape, and 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 the rivers are beautiful, and their confluence here is is beautiful. Um, and I had a sense that there was something of a of an art scene, and that that was uh, pretty lively. There's a there's a beautiful new performance center called the Pablo um, downtown. It's uh, just a few years old. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the specific thing that's been great for me is that I um, I was introduced through a Chicago connection to uh, a bassist, jazz bassist who's uh, who's based here, uh, Jeremy Betcher, um, and I started playing with him while the pandemic was still going, and and then he uh, he does the booking for um, a venue called the Lakeley, which is at the Oxbow Hotel, and which has jazz on weekends. And so just basically from the first weeks that I was in town, um, I started having, uh, uh, started playing with Jeremy and with some uh, drummers uh, from, the, from the town. And we started working on Mark Turner tunes <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, so it's, uh, it's, been, it's been incredibly um, rewarding. So the town has its own scene. Uh, there's definitely some crossover with, um, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, with the with the cities, 
and and also uh, with Madison. And so I guess what I've what I've gradually realized is that there's another sort of line here. This was my, my experience in North Carolina was a little bit like this that there were a, a group of mid-sized cities um, that supported smaller scenes, but which also interacted with each other, and. So I think that's that's one of the things that's going on here at Eau Claire. But on the other hand, I just I also um, like Eau Claire just had its annual jazz festival, which is associated with the university, but also separate. And it was huge. Uh, it brought in bands from all over the uh, brought in student groups from all over the area. I got to do a little bit of adjudicating for the first time. That was exciting. Um, and there was a, a a jazz crawl. So the the downtown was turned into a. I guess 50s style just music everywhere for 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 one night from you know like four in the afternoon until 2 a.m um so yeah there is uh and i think a lot of a lot of the what's going on downtown has happened just in the last two years I and mean, i've heard mostly from bob baca about this but i i mean i don't know if you're um there's this uh the bonnie ver um uh founder um uh uh I'm going to miss this speaker's name now, Justin Vernon, right? Am I getting this? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, is, he went to Eau Claire and he's still based here. And there's a, so there's and there are a group of other uh, business leaders um, who really think that the arts are the way to um, uh, are the way forward for for Eau Claire and and they've got a lot happening. And uh, so yeah, I, 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 Riviera, sure. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people have have seen this as a place that's that's very appealing on a, on a variety of levels. Um, we feel really lucky to have, um, you know, we we live sort of in the downtown area. We're not far from the rivers, mm -hmm. so that's that's great. Um, but yeah, it's a delightful place. Well, Paul Heck, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It's uh, been a really fun conversation. Michael, I, I enjoyed it a great deal. That's it for this edition of the Showbiz Roundup. Our theme music is performed by Outside the Sphere, an experimental duo consisting of Tony Barba and myself. If you'd like more information about this show or any of the past or future shows presented by Bluestem Jazz, you can head over to bluestemjazz.org. And you can follow my doings or be in touch via rattletickbuzz.com. Catch you later.